0: Welcome in, OutKick the Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We got a bunch of stuff to run through. And then I got to bail early because I got to do Fox News. And then I also, it's football time in the state of Tennessee. My sixth grader has got a game that I got to help him get to. Hey, he's living right. He got out of school early so he could go to his football game today. He's not going to complain. Um, bunch of different things that I want to dive into. Let's get right to it. Uh, Scott Frost in Nebraska. Huge ratings numbers. Tons of you watched that game from Ireland between Northwestern and Nebraska. I meant to mention it yesterday. I neglected to do so. Let me tell you what I got to say. The decision to kick the onside kick up 28-17. Brutal for Scott Frost. 11-point lead. Everything fell apart for him from that point forward. Scott Frost. Team has lost virtually every close game that they have been in. And I got to take responsibility on this one. Nebraska has one of the best, most fervent, most diehard fan bases anywhere in the country. I love the Cornhuskers. Uh, I particularly love the way they fought for the Big Ten to play in 2020. We are in cahoots here, Cornhusker fans. But I was wrong on this one. I thought that Scott Frost was the perfect hire for Nebraska. Coming out of Central Florida, he knew the culture of Nebraska, he knew the program. And I believe that he would win at an incredibly high level. And so far, I've been completely wrong. Now, schedule gets a little bit easier. Decent chance of sitting at four and two as the difficulty increases on the backside. But I think if you're a Nebraska fan, the thing you have to sit around and and contemplate is what's going to have to happen for us to become elite again. Now, I think retrospectively, cutting yourself off from Oklahoma and Texas has hurt in terms of the overall brand. Uh, Those Nebraska-Oklahoma games back in the day used to be epic. The ability to recruit Texas and go down into the Lone Star State, I think, helped Nebraska. But I never thought that Scott Frost would struggle like he has. And for basically the top candidate of your heart's desire, and I think it's fair to say that's what Scott Frost is, to not be able to pan out is incredibly frustrating. I think college football is better when Nebraska is good. Certainly, the Big Ten Western division is way better given how loaded the East is. The West is way better when Nebraska plays well. But I don't know what the solution is at this point. The overall caliber of play is not high enough. Physically, Nebraska has not been able to embrace a smash-mouth football. And every time in that crucible moment, it feels like Scott Frost ends up losing with this Nebraska Cornhusker team. We'll see if he can turn the story around. But up 28-17, I feel like that onside kick is going to linger and continue to be an issue for him going forward in terms of motivating his team. Um, Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker will be on the Clay and Buck show on Friday. I cannot wait for that. Uh, poll came out from Emerson Herschel Walker now has, according to this poll, a two-point lead on the Reverend Raphael Warnock, the current senator in the state of Georgia. Brian Kemp, the current governor of Georgia, has a four-point lead over Stacey Abrams. I've been consistent on this. I'm going to stick to it. As we are coming up on a little bit over two months until election day, I am telling you, I believe Herschel Walker is going to win and I believe Brian Kemp is going to win. And I think Georgia is going to flip back uh, to a red state in this midterm election. Trump, by the way, also up five points on Joe Biden, whose numbers are very underwater in the state of Georgia right now. I think Herschel Walker is finding his stride. Run, Herschel, run. He is starting to run, and he's running quite well. And I believe he's going to run right into the Senate. That is my prediction These numbers out of Emerson, very favorable for him. Election's going to be decided in the Senate in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz is finding his footing. That's going to be a battle. In New Hampshire, still have to figure out who the nominee for the Republicans is going to be. In Arizona, uh, in Nevada, and also in Georgia, uh, as well as Wisconsin. All of those states, those six, will decide who is in control of the Senate. I said back in January of last year... I like the Republicans to pick up 25 seats in, this, in the House, and I like them to pick up three in the Senate. I'm going to stick to my predictions. I also picked Georgia to win the national championship. I was right about that. I picked the Packers to win the Super Bowl. I was wrong about that. We'll see how my 2022 uh, turn of the year predictions back in January end up looking. The NBA is preparing. You know, the NBA season never ends. Uh, The NBA is preparing for its players to return to training camp. And just when I started to praise them for recognizing that COVID was no longer an existential threat to the league, do you know what they're doing? They're demanding that unvaxxed players be tested weekly for COVID. They're not requiring the same test for COVID shot participants. Why? We know that the COVID shot doesn't keep you from getting COVID or stop you from spreading COVID. Why would there still be a discriminatory testing policy in place at all? Frankly, why do you need to test anyone for COVID? Do they test for the flu in the NBA? Players are not in danger. Players' families are not in danger if they are young and healthy. If they aren't, then they can make decisions about what to do and not to do. We got to stop this crazy COVID nonsense. We got to stop all of the insanity. I talked about it on Fox News. I'm about to talk about it on Fox News again. All COVID regulations should cease to exist. It's way past time to go back to 100% normalcy. If you want to wear a mask for the rest of your life, you should have the ability to do so. But the idea that we are still forcing people to be wearing COVID uh, masks anywhere, kids in Philadelphia are having to do it, kids in Head Start are having to do it, too many school districts out there, Too many imbeciles are still uh, enforcing this. We'll be right back in a moment, but first, this break. Credit to Peter Ducey at Fox News who asked Corinne Jean-Pierre, why in the world can Novak Djokovic not enter into the United States uh, on an airplane because he hasn't gotten the COVID shot, but tens of thousands of illegal immigrants can walk across the southern border and we don't bother checking them for anything at all. Doesn't make sense. It's absolutely and completely illogical. There is no way to justify it. Frankly, it's an embarrassment that this is taking place at all. All COVID restrictions, it's way past time for them to be over. I heard Joe Rogan say it. I will just say it. I don't care what your politics are. But if you want COVID to be over forever, then you have to vote Republicans. What Joe Rogan said in his interview with Aaron Rodgers, he's 100% right. Normalcy will return when there are electoral consequences to this insane, fear-porn, Corona bro behavior that continues to be embraced by the left wing in this country. Many of their people have had their brains break over this situation. It's well past time to end it. No restrictions should exist for COVID at all. Credit to Peter Ducey for getting Corinne Jean-Pierre to look so daft when it came to even analyzing the difference between these two. And as I said yesterday, props to Novak Djokovic for refusing to get the COVID shot, to Kyrie Irving, and certainly to Aaron Rodgers as well. Among many other athletes, I'm giving those trio the greatest amount of attention for refusing to get the COVID shot because they've been the most discussed and the most criticized in their respective leagues. Uh, The Washington Post. A story today in the New York Times of all places that the Washington Post business model is collapsing and they are losing money. Democracy dies in darkness was the headline at the top of the Washington Post. They are having difficulty adding subscribers. They have tapped out. And the answer for what's going on here is the Washington Post needs Donald Trump more than almost any business did. CNN needs him. The MSNBC needs him. He is the great evil that motivates their viewers to pay attention. And when Trump is not in office, that great evil isn't there and people will not support overall the Washington Post. This is a major issue going forward uh, for the Post. This is the problem in general. I'm writing about this in my new book with the concept of subscription-based news reporting. Right, I'm not talking about like if you're a big fan of a uh, football team and you want to pay $10 a month to know about their recruiting classes, which certainly is wildly popular on the internet. I'm talking about news reporting that is subscription-based. What ends up happening is the news agenda is hijacked by whatever desires your subscribers have. And so you stop treating this as a legitimate news source and become instead effectively a spokesperson for the larger Democratic establishment. That's what the Washington Post did. Without Trump, the great Satan there to motivate subscription model uh, 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 sign-ons, there isn't a business there anymore. And the Washington Post is losing money substantially, according to a report in the New York Times. Now, to be fair, it certainly doesn't hurt the New York Times to be reporting on the Washington Post in a negative way I actually like the idea of the Post and the Times starting to swing at each other, which is a sign of desperation because they don't have enough Trump coverage to keep their audience fired up. News, it is almost cut day, I think, basically, in the NFL as we sprint towards the start of the season. Alex Leatherwood, former offensive lineman from the University of Alabama, he has been released, big-time move by the Oakland Raiders, sorry, the Vegas Raiders. I'm going to get it right sooner or later. Las Vegas Raiders have a brand new head coach. The Gruden regime is over. Alex Leatherwood, 17th pick overall in 2021 of Mike Mayock and of John Gruden. They are cleaning the slate. Really kind of unheard of, uh, although it happens sometimes for behavioral issues, but really unheard of for performance-based issues to cut the cord this quickly on a high draft pick, but that is exactly what is going on as it pertains to Alex Leatherwood, 17th pick overall in the 2021 NFL Draft. He played one season with the Raiders, and he now is going to be a free agent. All right, I love all of you. We'll have a show tomorrow. Then I'm headed up to Knoxville. Tomorrow, we will have a live OutKick 360 show for anybody that is going to be up for Ball State Tennessee. Sorry, Thursday. Thursday, we'll have that live show. Tomorrow is Wednesday. I'll be right here with you Thursday for that show. Tomorrow is the last show of the week. I appreciate all of you. Thank you for being fans. We'll be at Old City. Uh, if you know that area of uh, Knoxville, you can come hang out with the Outkick 360 crew. Uh, Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, I'll be on as a guest. I believe they're going to have Heath Schuler and other Tennessee football legends be getting you ready for kickoff of the official college football season. Thursday, week one. That is two days from now. We'll be up in Knoxville next week. Be down in Austin for much of the week for Alabama, Texas. Cannot wait. A week after that, down in Auburn for Penn State uh, and Auburn. Appreciate all of you. DBAP, unless you need to SBAP. I am Clay Travis. You can now flip it over. I'm about to be on Fox News. And I'm also going to be on Will Kane's podcast. A lot of different moving parts today. Then I'm headed straight to go watch My 11-year-old plays JV football game. Appreciate all of you. Thanks for being fans of OutKick, and thanks for making August the greatest month in OutKick history. See you guys tomorrow.